0: Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. Right across Australia, each weekday at nine a.m., you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is and why we're here and where we're going. And experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. Great to be here. Good to have you back here in the studio, presenting on your series titled The Apprenticeship. And uh, as we were discussing just before we went to air, Peter, that uh, The Apprenticeship is all about how to be a disciple of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is, and it's based on the book, uh, Steps to Christ.
1: Yep, which we, which you, have mentioned before, and we'll mention again. If you don't have a copy of that book, we're offering it to you for free.
0: Yep, every so. week you can text in any, any time, any, any day of the week. But particularly today, if you don't have a book, a copy of the book, Steps to Christ, text in Steps number one to our show number, which is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So text Steps number one, no spaces. To zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we can get a copy of that book out to you. It's well worth getting.
1: Oh yes, for sure.
0: So, Peter, how have things been this week? Things have changed a little bit in Tasmania.
1: Well, we had some positive changes, and I'm not talking about the weather. Um, but, uh, we're, we're talking about the fact that we, um, now no longer need to wear masks in a variety of settings. It feels good. It actually does. I was walking, uh, through a shopping mall yesterday with my wife and saying, isn't it great that you actually don't have to, cause you get into habits mm. before it takes, they say it takes, you know, 30 days or something to form a new habit. Well, we've had a couple of years of, you know, having us sign in and check in and wear masks and sit you know far from others and and just be i guess a little more nervous and it's kind of weird because of course there is still covid circulating in the community i know a couple of people who've got covid right now uh, at the moment thankfully their symptoms are fairly mild Mm -hmm. and uh, i think that that's probably the way of it but it does sort of it does feel very liberating that you don't have to check in and you don't have to wear a mask at the moment and we hope that that will uh, continue.
0: It's fantastic, I can tell you, just uh, being able to meet mm. and see people's faces yeah. uh, and talk freely without uh, having the mask and breathe easier. Yeah, I, I, like, right. I like the fact that we can breathe easier now. And, so. and being
1: at church particularly. So, yes. you know, on Sabbath uh, we were at church and we were talking to people there and, uh, of course, not having to wear masks where you obviously want to talk to people, obviously you want to sing Uh, all those kind of activities, and it's just so much easier without the mask.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Peter, we've been working through this book, Steps to Christ, uh, week by week, and uh, do you want to just give us a a recap of where we've come from?
1: Okay, so we we titled the the, uh, series The Apprenticeship, and it's really about becoming a disciple of Christ what does that mean what does it look like and um i think the the book steps to christ is the best book i know on discipleship it breaks down into bite-sized pieces and it's it's not a big book as i'm holding it's one right book, here in yes. my hand it's not a big book and it breaks down into bite-sized pieces what it means to be a disciple of christ and uh we've been working through the various chapters i think last week um the uh, episode was called fully engaged it was based on the chapter called consecrated and it was basically uh, just saying you know when we become a disciple of Christ um, it, we, we want to be all in we have to be fully committed we have to be fully engaged uh, otherwise we actually don't reap the, the full blessings and benefits of that experience it's like standing on the the shore and saying I'm sure it would be wonderful to swim in the water mm. uh, but not actually getting in you've got to get in and swim to find out what, what that's really like and so you um, yeah, last week we we talked about that. This week uh, we have the topic of faith and acceptance, and we're up to Chapter 6 in the book and, and in our, our series, episode The Apprenticeship. Number six. Episode number 6.
0: Yeah. Now, if you want to catch up with our past episodes, you can do that on the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website. See, that's uh, faithfm.com.au. You can go there and listen to all of our past episodes. Uh, but today, we're going to get into this discussion, Faith and Acceptance. So... Um where do you want to start with this? Do we want to do we want to get straight into talking about the title, or do we want to read a few things before we start talking about well, faith and let, acceptance?
1: Let, let's lay the table, shall okay. we? Um, and we'll um, just talk about what are, what are, what do those two words mean in this context of this chapter? Yes, faith and acceptance. So, for me, when I think about faith, there are two other words that spring to mind immediately in relation to faith: belief and trust. Mm-hmm. And those are the two um, other. Uh, I guess definitions of faith that help me to understand uh, what this is about. So when we talk about this chapter in terms of discipleship, faith of ex- experience, the faith is believing in God's promises and the acceptance is, is accepting that they are true. So in other words, if, uh, and it's really in regards to forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So, so when God Says he will forgive our sins. If we, if we repent, we've talked about repentance. We've talked about confession in our, our previous episodes. These are part of the Christian discipleship journey. That one of the verses, one of our favorite verses in scripture is first John one nine, which says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a fantastic verse that mm, is. Absolutely. A lot of theology in that one verse. If we confess, he is faithful and just and will forgive. Mm. And so uh, we either believe that or we don't believe it. And I think that the acceptance of that God really means is, you know, when he promises to do something, he really does mean that. It's not something that uh, he just wants us to. He's saying that in order to get us to confess. And so we confess, but then we're not really forgiven. No, he's saying, if you do this, then God will forgive he it's 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 not that God requires us to confess in order for him to have a forgiving nature but rather it's required of us to confess in order for us to receive that forgiveness in other words it's it's us opening the gate if you like to allowing that forgiveness to come our way God is freely offering forgiveness you know you look at Jesus on the cross 2000 years ago his arms are flung wide open on the cross and he's freely forgiving. In fact, the people that were, were nailing him to the cross and mocking him and putting him to death in an agonizing fashion. And he's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So God's forgiveness is not, there's nothing required of us for that forgiveness to come from him. Mm. It's out there. But we have to open the gate to receive it.
0: We have to, um, that's the second part of that title, isn't it? We have to accept
1: that. Exactly. Now, and I, well, I just wanted to throw another yeah. thought that came to me, which was not part of our notes today. It's in I think it's John 3.20 where it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Hmm. Jesus is outside of us knocking on the door, wanting to come in, but the choice to open that door is ours. And I think that that's, that's how I see this idea of faith and acceptance that God has promised, and this is why we're looking at Scripture, is God has promised these amazing promises in Scripture do we believe God? Do we accept those promises? Do we accept what act, actually God is offering us? And the other thing is that, um you know, sometimes I, I used to be an atheist and I didn't believe that God existed. You know, I just sort of shut that uh, possibility out of my mind. But we think about faith when we sometimes think it, it's about believing in God. But even if you believe God exists, it's about believing God well, as e- opposed to believing yeah. in God.
0: So even even it says in Scripture, even even the uh, the, the devil, e- the evil spirits, and, and believe the and, and tremble. Yeah,
1: yeah, they know God exists. Mm. But do we actually not only believe in Him? Yes, I believe God exists. Mm. But do we believe Him? Mm. Do we believe what He has to say and what He has promised?
0: Yeah. Okay, so. Um, We've got a few verses here, and uh, mm. I, I guess the question that I would ask is, if we believed, yes, if we believed, how would that change us?
1: Well, I think, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about peace of mind in a moment. I mm. think that we will have a, a greater peace of mind. But I want to step back one step before that for a moment and just say that, As we come closer to God, as we start to open our minds and our hearts to the the things that God has to say in Scripture and and start talking to him and listening to him through Scripture, the Holy Spirit is working on our heart. It's working on our mind. And as that happens, we become perhaps more aware of our own sinful nature, more aware of our own need. So in other words, as we get a clearer view of God, we also get a clearer view of us. Mm. So um, it's a little bit like um, if you've ever used a telescope or a set of binoculars and you go to look at something and you have to sort of focus them, right? And, and it seems a bit blurry and then it gets clearer and clearer and then you have a clearer picture. And I think that happens in our spiritual life too. The more we get to know God, the clearer the picture becomes of who he is and then also the clearer the picture becomes of our relationship to him. So in other words, the the more we see his holiness... The more I see my sinfulness. Mm. And that in itself then causes me to think, okay, this gap between me and God, the clearer the picture, the, the gap between me and God gets bigger. Uh, how, how, you know, what can I do about this? And, and, uh, we recognize that within ourselves, we can't fix the problem. You know, in John, uh, 15 verses four and five, I'd like you to read that for us, Jason, and uh, and then we'll talk about some of the solutions.
0: Sure. And this is the New King James Version that says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing.
1: So here spiritually it you know we can't do anything without him we're not going mm. to be able to save ourselves we can't climb the ladder on our own we need Jesus and, and that that's the the purpose of that and I think and when we recognize that and when we let God in then we have a peace of mind and we'll talk about that when we come back after the break mm.
0: okay so in, in a way what we're saying is that one of the first things to do um is to open our hearts to that acceptance of needing him. Yeah. And then from there, yeah. um, we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more. But, yeah.
1: Uh, One of yeah. our previous episodes was about um, taking responsibility, mm. and it was recognizing that yep. need, yeah, and then God can fill that need. Sure.
0: Okay. Let's uh, go to our first break. As we do, we're just going to ask our listeners a question. Why do you think we often doubt God's promises? There are so many promises in Scripture, and uh, I believe that the promises of Scripture are powerful. If we can embed those in our minds, they can really help us in our life. But uh, why do we often doubt the promises that are given by God? Let us know. Text us in on 0488-880-891. And uh, as we go to our break, this is Abide With Me, Matt Minicus and Clint McCoy.
2: Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts fade. Help of the helpless, oh abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away Change and decay and all around I see O Thou who changest not, abide with me I need Thy presence every passing hour What but Thy grace can foil the tempter's power Do like Thyself my guidance take and be Through cloud and sunshine, O abide with me Have no weight in tears, no bitterness. Where is death sting? Where grave like victory? I triumph still if thou abide with me. I triumph still if thou abide with me.
0: You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're talking with Peter Watts on the topic of faith and acceptance. Now, Peter, before the break, uh, we asked a question of our listeners. Why do you think we often doubt God's promises? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 488 880 And, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe we can share your answer on air. Uh, now, Peter, we were talking about... Um, this concept i guess of needing god Mm -hmm. or recognizing that we need god
1: the more we find out yeah the more we find out about god the clearer our own condition becomes
0: yes and uh and so how does that relate to this uh topic of faith and acceptance
1: okay so it's interesting in the book steps to christ that we're referencing uh for this series it's interesting when it talks about the fact that we recognize that we're sinful, we recognize that God is holy, we recognize we can do nothing of ourselves. It seems that we're helpless um and that our life has been filled with selfishness and so forth. And it's interesting that she writes there, the, the author of Steps of Christ writes there, it is peace that you need, mm. which is kind of interesting. And there's a, a passage in uh, John fourteen twenty seven which I'd like you to read out. Mm. um And it, it talks here about peace.
0: Says peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid.
1: All right, it says here he gives us this peace, and he says not as the world yeah. gives you, which so is a kind of a different, a sort a different kind of peace. This is, our, I believe, this is a peace of mind. In fact, there's another reference I'm going to pull up right now, which is uh, in a couple of chapters. Uh, Further on, in John 16.33, I particularly like this verse. Uh, I don't think you've got it, so I'll read it. It says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world.
0: So, so peace in the context of the world would mean a lack of trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a ceasefire in Ukraine. Exactly, that would yeah, that, that would that look would like peace. Kind of peace. Yeah.
0: Whereas uh, this is saying, in the midst of tribulation, exactly, we can still experience peace. So yeah. that that's a special sort of peace.
1: Yeah, and this is why I like to compare those two verses: one in John fourteen twenty seven, one in John sixteen thirty three, because both of those recognize that this, this peace that Jesus is talking about is not. You know, world peace or peace between nations or this is, this is a different kind of peace. It's a peace of mind. And he's even saying, like you said, that in the midst of tribulation, you can still have peace. You could live in Ukraine mm. and have this kind of peace mm. at the moment mm. because it's a peace that's based upon a trust and a faith and a belief in God and his promises and that ultimately. God is going to bring to pass a conclusion to all the troubles on earth, not just of the conflict, to the disease, to the disaster, to the despair. He's going to bring an end to all of that. And we can know, even in today, sitting right here, we can know that God is with me because he has promised to be. And if we accept that and we, we actually embrace that promise and believe it. Mm. And so... Um, This is the kind of uh, peace that we need. So when God promises to forgive us our sins, then believing that gives us a peace of mind that passes understanding. Um, And this is the kind of peace um, that Christians can have and should have, quite frankly, because God is saying, Do you believe me? I mean, Jesus once said, he says, you believe in God, do you believe in me?
3: Mm. You
1: know, you believe the Father, do you believe me? Mm. Um, And and this is the the thing. We, you know, sometimes we will say seeing is believing. Mm. Uh, But But, I uh, once saw a church sign, it says uh, believing is seeing. In other words, that when we have faith, we believe God's promise, then we see. Then we have a foresight, we have an insight into what God is really trying to do for us, mm.
0: and it's interesting, isn't it, that when you say um, seeing is believing, but but so many people did see Jesus exactly, and yet they didn't believe yeah. <laughs> what he was saying, and there they are didn't so many, believe who he was,
1: and that's yeah. exactly right, yeah. and there is, and in fact. You know, Jesus tells a parable of that, and mm. he says, you know, in, in one of his parables, he says, even if somebody raises from the dead, they won't believe; mm. they'll find some other explanation. Mm. Because when we, you know, it's not just about evidence. You know, I believe God has placed lots of evidence for us to base that faith on. I think we had a conversation off air where we were talking about God has given everyone a measure of belief or measure of Measure faith. of faith, yeah. A passage
0: so, in Romans that says yeah. that. Yeah.
1: So he's given everyone a measure of faith. He's given everyone sufficient to to have enough to hang their hat on. Mm. Right, a little peg to yeah. hang their hat on. But it's whether we exercise that faith or mm. not. Mm. So, for instance, the natural world. You know, whether you're looking in the microscope or the telescope or the world around you, the living things that God has created, there's enough design in those things for us to say that has to be the product of an intelligent mind. Mm.
0: And, and we've got the choice then whether we pursue that, yep. whether we or ex- ignore it, it, deny it or ignore it and deny it. Suppress it. Um, so just another passage that comes to mind, uh, I think it's Hebrews 11 verse 1 from mm-hmm. memory, but I could be wrong, where it says, uh, Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Mm. How does that relate to what we're talking about here?
1: Well, I believe it actually relates very well in the sense that we talked a little bit about the fact that God gives everyone a measure of faith. Hmm. And I think God provides ample evidence on which to have faith in his promises. And then we choose based on that ample evidence whether we believe. I think we've talked in previous uh, programs, Jason, in a previous series about the fact that when Jesus came the first time, when he was born in Bethlehem, Jesus came in fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament. And so when he came, that was a fulfillment of prophecy. We came to think, oh, this is a new event. But he came, and it was a fulfillment of many, many prophecies that we've referenced in a previous program. He promises to come again. More than 300 references in the New Testament to the fact that he will come again. Mm. Now that's yet future, so we don't see that. We haven't, we can't grasp it. Yeah. But do we believe it? I believe
0: it. And what, what evidence have we had in the past? Exactly. And what evidence do we have in scripture? And so
1: based on the evidence of the past, we have. These promises of something in the future, I mm. believe them thoroughly mm. because of the evidence i 've already seen so it 's a little bit my my wife says i'll i 'll cook dinner tonight, I believe her because she 's cooked it before mm. <laughs> you know mm. um i don 't have any i don 't say i don 't think you 're going to do it you know i, I don 't believe you 're going to do it um, but it 's kind of interesting that you know we will believe things of people, why because we have trust in them, we have faith in them, we have um, we, you know, we, they've, they've made uh, promises that have been kept before. Mm.
0: Now, bringing it back to our core discussion here, which is really that belief in uh, forgiveness, in yes. that if we go to God, if we, if we acknowledge where we're at in terms of, you know, that we are sinful and that we've got issues in our life, if we go to him and we confess, then it's a matter of believing that he is faithful and just to forgive us. Yes. And uh, I guess um, that's that's the faith in the context of this particular chapter that we're really talking about, isn't
1: it? Yeah, if only God can mm-hmm. save us. Um, mm-hmm. But it's whether one of the you know it's whether we believe in that. It's kind of like you know the Titanic's going down, and they say here's a life jacket, here's a lifeboat, and you either put your faith in that and you and you des- you decide to take that action or you don't, and you go down with the ship. And, uh, you know, God has provided all the means for mm. us to be saved, but we have to believe mm. that he is the one that can save us. Mm. Um, read out for us, Jason, Isaiah 1.18. It
0: says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool.
1: All right. So here we have a promise from God. He's saying, come, let's reason together. Let's, let's be reasonable.
3: Mm.
1: You can't do anything about your sins, but I can. Mm. And, and God is saying, so long as we are honest with God and we're, we're not trying to say, no, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm. You know, we all need God. We all need forgiveness. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's not me talking. That's in scripture. But, you know, we all recognize that we've all acted selfishly at some point or even often. And so what God is saying, come, let us reason together. I know this is your nature, but I want to help you. I want to cleanse you. I want to wash you Mm. and make you whiter than snow. And he is able to do that. And essentially, from a a, a very legal perspective, Jesus dies on the cross to pay our debt. He paid the price in order for for him to be able to offer us forgiveness. Mm. And so your sins that you've committed I have paid for and I'm willing to take upon me uh, in order that you can be forgiven.
0: So, Peter, in order for this to, um, you know, have meaning, Mm. this faith that we talk about, this belief, this, uh, you know, this forgiveness of sin um, must have some sort of change. There must be some change in a person who goes through that experience. Otherwise, what's the point? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that
1: um, I mean we've got a little bit of time now. But uh well, I would say this. I suppose, I suppose that change, that peace of mind that we were talking about earlier, that's part of the change. Mm-hmm. You know, when a person realizes that they're a sinner, but that they realize that God is a compassionate savior, mm. then they can freely give their sins to Christ, accept what He's done on the cross on their behalf. And walk in freedom, walk in liberty. We were talking about liberty before, about the fact we don't have to wear masks anymore. Well, that's true in in real life. I don't have to wear a mask anymore. You know, I don't have to pretend that, uh, you know, I'm something that I'm not. I can recognize that as a sinner, I've been forgiven because Jesus has promised it and I've accepted that promise and I have that peace of mind that passes understanding. I, I don't have any shame about the fact that I was a sinner who needed a savior. That's the truth. That's the reality. But I now walk in freedom, not the freedom of, um, you know, not, know, you know, knowing that um, it, it's, it's not a freedom of, of just getting out of jail. There can be people in jail who can still have this kind of freedom. Mm. It's the freedom of living knowing that God cares about you. God has done something for you and he's still working for you and he's coming again to take you home. Um, and, and that's the kind of change I think that, that can happen.
0: Just before we go to the break, I'd love to read this next passage we've got here in Ezekiel that says, mm. uh, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you'll keep my judgments and do them. I guess uh, that's ultimately another uh, change that we can see in our lives that uh, when we truly, I uh, guess, uh, understand what God has done for us, yeah. we, we have a change of heart.
1: Yeah. Well, what, you asked the question of our listeners and uh, we'll come back to this after mm-hmm. the break. But it was, you know, why do we have doubts? Why do we um, doubt the, the promises of God? And mm. um, I'd like to sort of address that question a little bit when we come back.
0: Well, let's do that. Uh, right now this is um, the song White Does Snow, Rivers and Robots. So I
4: cling to has purchased me with His own blood. And I stand in His righteousness, washed by His mercy and, love. and Though I fail a thousand times, Lord, Your mercies are new every. Morning. So wash my heart clean, let my spirit be steadfast and strong.
1: program is made possible by the
0: support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with Peter Watts this morning on the topic of faith and acceptance. Now earlier in the program we did ask a question, why do you think we often doubt God's promises and uh, we'd like to just talk about that a little bit. Peter, what have you got to say about that question?
1: I think one of the, I mean, there are probably a number of reasons, and I'm very interested to hear if our listeners have got any responses to that too. But um, I think one of the reasons we doubt is because it's a gift from God. Mm. In other words, if you look at um, Ephesians 2.8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any should boast. So salvation, forgiveness, is a gift of God. Mm. And because that's the case, I don't know what our listeners think, and I don't know what you think, Jason, I'll ask you too. You know, do you ever have difficulty accepting a free gift from somebody?
0: If the gift is large, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't because, get any larger than ever. sometimes,
0: lasted, we, sometimes we feel um, unworthy or we could never repay it or you know, whatever it is.
1: It's, it's mm. inter- it seems to be a common uh maybe universal trait within us that mm. we do we do feel unworthy and that is correct uh we feel like we can't repay it, and that is correct mm. uh you talked about um if the gift is large enough, well mm. you can't get bigger than everlasting life, it never ends yep you know I mean that gift never ever ends, and that's like it's the gift that is the genuine gift that keeps on giving, and so um we don't deserve it, and that's probably part of it, I think. You know, we we feel so undeserving, unworthy. But, you see, this is not about our unworthiness. It's about God's grace. Hmm. It's about his graciousness. It's about his benevolence. It's If you think about going back to the paradise of the Garden of Eden, at the beginning of the Bible, first two chapters of Genesis, God sets up this beautiful planet, beautiful paradise, places humankind in it, says, be fruitful and multiply, He's given them all of that. They didn't deserve it. They didn't earn it. There's nothing that they did. God brought them into being. They didn't bring themselves into being. Mm. God brought them into being. Just as, you know, earthly parents, we bring our children into the world. And, uh, you know, we we pour into those children, you know, um, because we love them. We don't know if they're going to pour back into us or not. We don't know if they're going to respond in kind. We don't know if they're going to love us or accept us or like us even as they grow. But we pour all this love into them just because we want to,
3: Mm.
1: just because we love them. You know, we don't, uh, you know, offer to buy them an ice cream and say, I'll be charging you $5 for that when we get back home. We just give because they're our children. And this, in a way, is... uh, what God is like. This is why God refers to himself as, or asks us to refer to him as God, our father. And, um, he, it doesn't change his nature. And yes, it's true. We're unworthy. Yes, it's true. We don't deserve it. And the, the gift is enormous. It's immeasurable. There's
0: a, there's a saying that says that, um, there's so, there's no sin big enough that, uh, God's grace is not greater than, you know, mm. to, 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 uh, Mm. forgive and, and cover that sin. Yeah. And so I think that's that's an important point isn't it that uh it's hard to accept that. It's It's hard to, it's hard that.
1: to imagine I think because we have never met I mean anybody you have met in this life who's loving kind, benevolent, whatever, gracious they're still not as gracious as God. Mm. And and it's that's why it's hard for us to believe. We've mm. never met anybody like this. You know, this is a unique uh, being in the universe. So yeah, um, there, I, I think that's important to, to note.
0: There's a, a passage here in Matthew chapter 9 about uh, a paralytic man. Right. That uh, I think we want to talk about.
1: Yes. And this is a, a good passage to read out because not only, you know, <laughs> We have difficulty believing the promises of Jesus. Well, they had difficulty believing the promises of Jesus too back then and what his mission was and what he was about. So maybe maybe we could read this uh, passage in Matthew chapter 9.
0: Sure, and it's uh, titled, Jesus forgives and heals a paralytic. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then, behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your your sins are forgiven. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemes. Can we pause
1: there for yeah. a moment? Yeah. So here's Jesus. He, the, the, somebody brings this man to him, by the way, mm. which is interesting in itself. Well, he,
0: he probably can't walk himself.
1: Exactly right. So, <laughs> Being so, a paralytic. But the, here's the thing. Why are they bringing him to Jesus? Mm. They know and believe that this man, they've heard, mm. this man heals people. Mm. And so they're bringing this man to Jesus. And uh, it's interesting what Jesus says to him. Son, be of good cheer. Your si- for your sins, sins. Ha- yeah. are forgiven. You, mm. and you know, I'm sure that the people who were bearing this man on the stretcher or or whatever thought that's an interesting thing to say, because that's not really why we brought him to you. Um, but I also believe that Jesus is recognising not only this this man's need, but human need, which is that to be. To, to take away the sin. Why? Because the sin separates us from God, mm. right? Sin separates us from God, and our greatest need is to be reunited with God. It's to be reconciled to God. God will deal with all the physical ailments and even death uh, in the end. He, he can solve all of that. But what's the point in resurrecting somebody at the end of time who is going to be alive but still separated from God? Mm. You know that's not God's purpose. God wants us to be reconciled to Him, and so Jesus says, "Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you." But at once it says there, scri- some of the scribes said, "This man blasphemes." Obviously, they had a hard time believing that Jesus was God in the flesh. Yeah, right?
0: because on, only God has the right to forgive sins. They knew that. Okay, they yes. knew that.
1: That's a very important point. So, uh if I do something wrong to you then you can forgive me for that true but if I do something wrong to somebody else you can't forgive me for that no, exactly. so 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 only god can forgive mm. for the, give that so mm. they they understood what this meant and mm. of course they did not believe the scribes at this point did not believe that jesus was god in the flesh but continue on in verse 4
0: yeah verse 4 it says but jesus knowing their thoughts said why do you think evil thoughts in your hearts For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marvelled and glorified God who had given such power to men.
1: Mm, Okay, so Jesus is actually saying in verse 4, you know, which is easier to do? Mm. Uh, say your sins are forgiven you or arise and walk, you know, be healed. Now, it, we sitting here, we probably say, well, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven you because how would you know? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, how would you know whether that was true or not? Whereas uh, you, we would say the easier thing is to say your sins are forgiven you because it's hard to say rise up and walk if the person doesn't actually rise up and walk, right? But on the other hand... I think Jesus is actually saying, you know, physical healing is easier for God than spiritual healing, in Mm. the sense that spiritual healing requires our cooperation. Spiritual healing requires us to allow God to heal us spiritually. In other words, if if I want, uh, you know, we've got a little dog at home, right? And we sort of try to train the dog to sit and walk and heal and... Do all those things, but if I call the dog to me, the dog has a choice about whether it's going to come to me or not. Mm. You know, and and uh, God is calling human beings to Him, but we have a choice. God made us with the free will choice, so it's sometimes a real challenge, I'm sure, for God, who has all of this love, who has this forgiveness, has this, um, um, yeah, this compassion for us. Um, but he also recognises that we have a choice about whether we're going to come to him. And uh, it seems to me in that, that passage that we read about the paralytic that Jesus actually uh, understands that this is our greatest need, which is the spiritual need to be recon- reconciled to God.
0: So just before we go to the break, um, I'm just going to ask a question. Is this the same paralytic man that there's another uh, parable uh, in one of the other Gospels? That uh, his friends brought them, brought him to Jesus, and there was such a crowd in the house that they had to cut a hole in the roof and uh, yeah. lower him down. Is That's this right. the same man? Same you story. think? Same story. Same story. Yeah. Okay.
1: If you compare the three stories, uh, mm. it's the same story. Mm. Yeah.
0: Because uh, it's interesting, and in, I think it's in Mark's account where Jesus actually says. Their faith, not just the just not yes. just the uh, paralytic guy, but his friends, the mm. faith of the friends was important as well
1: there 's a whole host of things we could say about that mm. about the, the the idea of bringing somebody to Jesus for healing mm. um, because really that 's the role of every christian mm. our Our role is to bring others to jesus mm.
0: and and I guess the the point of a disciple is not just for our own benefit. Correct. It's for the others as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's yeah. a real good expansion, too. Mm. You know, in this series called The Apprenticeship, which is about becoming a disciple mm. of Christ, mm. it's not only let, let's become disciples, but it's how do we help others to become disciples. Mm.
0: Now, we've got a free book offer today. It's called At Jesus' Feet, and it's the Gospel according to Mary Magdalene by Doug Batchelor. Discover a fresh picture of a gentle, loving saviour who, without condemning or condoning our past, offers us a new future as we, like like Mary, uh, sorry, as we, like Mary, linger at Jesus' feet. We're going to give you the code right after the break, but right now, this is Called Me Higher.
3: I could just say I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence, and I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something again. And I could be safe I could be safe here I'll be
0: to Tazian Counters on Faith FM and that was Called Me Higher by All Sons and Daughters. Now before the break we did promise you a code for today's book. It's called At Jesus Feet. This is a book that we've given away before but we still have copies to give away. So the code for that is STEPS and the number 3 that's S-T-E-P-S number 3, no spaces. Text that into 0488 891 and uh, we'd love to be able to send a copy of that out to you now peter earlier in the program we asked this question why do we often have doubts about god's promises and you wanted to say a little bit more about that before we just wrap up our program today
1: yeah as as well as uh, the feelings of unworthiness and undeserving and, and the like in addition to that sometimes we feel like well if God's going to accept me back, I'll have to be on probation for a bit. Mm. Uh, in other words, uh, I'll have to prove to God that I really want to come back to him. Uh, I'll have to make up some kind of penance or compensation for all the wrongs that I've done. Um, and it's, again, a little bit like what we talked about before is why we have difficulty in you know, accepting free gifts, especially if they're large gifts um and so um, but but we don't have to be on probation God accepts us just as we are if if we'll come to him uh, if we'll accept him he'll accept us mm. you know he he's he's waiting with open arms and we're reminded of the um parable of the prodigal son there are three parables that are told in Luke 15 one is the lost sheep the other is the lost coin and then there's a third parable called the lost son but many many will know it as the the prodigal son mm. parable, uh, and we'll uh, review it in a minute. But I actually like um, somebody's uh, alternative title, which is the the loving father, the parable of the loving father, yeah. rather than the prodigal son. But basically, a father has two sons. The younger of the sons says, uh, I'd like you to divide up the inheritance and give me my share now, please. Uh, Of course, the inheritance is usually given after death. Mm. So he's basically saying, I'd rather have the inheritance than you, Dad. Mm. Mm. Anyway, the father does that, and he gives the younger son his portion. He goes off a few days later, and he spends the money on wild living. He spends his inheritance until he's got nothing left, Mm. and he finds himself in a land of famine, and he joins himself to a a, a person who uh, keeps pigs, and he ends up Working in the pig pen, feeding the pigs, mm. which and, for a Jewish and he, lad... And
0: even eating the food that I think he was Well, he's, was given wishing, he could. Oh, right. he's okay. wishing he could. All right. He's wishing he could. I think
1: his portion of food must be worse than what the yeah. pigs are eating because he says he would have loved to have filled his mm. stomach with the pods that the uh, pigs were eating. And,
0: and as you were going to say, as a Jewish man, being uh, even near pigs or touching exactly. pigs was... Uh, the
1: lowest of the low. Yeah. You know, sometimes we think, uh, you know, I, the, we have this notion of, Ah, uh, you know I know I'm a sinner, I'm not perfect, but I'm not that bad, and you might surprise yourself at the depths to which you can fall when you separate from God, but uh he comes to his senses when he has when he's at rock bottom, he comes to his senses, and in uh, luke fifteen seventeen it says, "But when he came to himself and he said, "How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare uh, bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger." I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy. See that word worthy there? Mm. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make mm. me like one of your hired servants. He think I'm going to go back home. Obviously, I've blown it with dad. Obviously, I've blown the inheritance. I don't, accept, uh, I don't expect to be able to be taken back on the same you know uh, level. I won't go back as a son. I'll just say, can I please serve you as a hired servant? Mm Because at least I'll get fed better, Mm. you know. And then, of course, he goes home. And um, when he was still a far far way off... um,
0: The father goes running to him. The father goes running to him. And again, that was a very um, unnatural thing to do.
1: Culturally unexpected and, and unusual. Yeah. The father would run, and almost
0: a, wasn't it considered almost embarrassing, in,
1: undignified?
0: Undignified, yeah. yeah,
1: because you would you would uh, expect to to walk in a more dignified manner. Mm. So he ran to his son, kissed him, calls for a robe to be put on him, pulls for sandals on his feet and a ring on his finger, and they he decides to celebrate. He said, "Kill the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate. My son has come home." Mm. And now the point is of that, and we could go into more of the parable as well. But I think the point of that is it expresses God's Uh, desire when we choose to want to come back home. Mm. You know, God is all about reconciling us to himself, having that relationship restored. You know, there is, um, it's interesting in the two previous parables, the one about the lost sheep and the one about the lost coin, it says, um, Jesus says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Mm. So, you know, there is joy in heaven when we make that turn. That's the whole point of the gospel. That's the whole point of why Jesus came into this world to show us how to live, show us what God was like, and then go to the cross to pay the price for your sins and mine. That's why he came. And Jesus actually said to the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious elite who basically were fairly self-righteous, at least we've doing the right thing, everybody else is, you know, Uh, They've got problems, but at least we're doing the right thing. Where Jesus said, Well, if you're not a sinner, I didn't come for you. You know, I came uh, not to heal those that are well, but those that are sick. And
0: you just said that uh, there's more joy in heaven over the one uh, lost who is saved than the 99 who didn't need to repent. The question is don't we all need to repent?
1: Exactly. Mm. From a human perspective, that's right. Mm. I mean, the only ones who don't need to repent are the angels in heaven, I guess, who mm. never fell. Mm. Um, but but that's what he's saying. is, is it's, it's not, you know, in that parable of the lost sheep, he's got 99 in the fold. Mm. There's only one missing. I mm. mean, one sheep, does it really matter? Mm. Jesus demonstrates that one really matters to him.
0: Mm. Absolutely. And that one is you and me and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, Every we're, we're, all yeah. we're all those ones. We're all those ones. Well, that's uh, a great discussion, Peter, today on uh, faith and acceptance, and it's really about accepting what God has offered us. Mm. Next week, what have we got coming up on The Apprentice? Oh, The uh, Apprenticeship, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember a show like that. The Apprenticeship, which is all about being a disciple of Christ. Next week we are talking about The Test. So next week the title of the uh, the segment is called The Test. So, okay. you know, line up for The Test.
0: Join us next week on Tuesday for The Test. Now, uh, tomorrow Tabitha and Daniel will be sharing what should we study in the Bible. And of course our code for today, steps number three, text that in to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is O Love that Will Not Let Me Go by Indelible Grace. Have a great day wherever you are. May God bless you.
1: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.